Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you're tuned into our program. And this is an opportunity for you, the listener, to call the show. As you just heard the number, 303-690-3000, and to ask questions. Maybe you got some questions that came up in your Bible reading or a teaching that you heard. Maybe you got a question about Christian living, uh, maybe about our worldview as Christians, about certain things that we see uh, going on around us. I'd love to take you to the Word of God and also to pray with you if you got a prayer request. So give me a call as you heard the number, 303-690-3000. It's always best to grab one of those open lines at the beginning of the show, and uh, I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. I am your host today, Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. So glad to be with you this afternoon. And I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners all along the front range of Colorado, uh, Pueblo and Colorado Springs, uh, and also in northern Colorado on 89.7 from Castle Rock through the metro area of Denver and Boulder and Longmont and Loveland and Greeley and Fort Collins up in the southern Wyoming, uh, Cheyenne and Laramie. Love to hear from you guys. Give me a call uh, on this beautiful uh, afternoon and uh, love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. I also want to welcome all the truth uh, and Hope FM listeners on the East Coast. You too can call it that number, 303-690-3000, and they'll answer the phone and we'll have a conversation and then a week later, you can listen to the conversation because you are a week delayed. But I also know that many of you on the East Coast, you listen online. And so that number will work anywhere in the United States as you give me a call, 303-690-3000. We have open lines and love for you to be able to give me a call. And let's talk about the things of the Lord. As you know, many of you that listen to Calvary Live, there is a dedicated text line for you to ask questions and give prayer requests. And that number is 720-336-0897. And so that's for texting only. Make sure that you are safe. Uh, Make sure that you uh, are um, able to do that in a way um, that that is, as I said, safe um, for texting. So uh, dedicated text line. I'll be repeating those numbers throughout the program. And uh, so waiting for the calls to come in as we're waiting, had a great afternoon, was able to go down to Longmont and spend some time with Pastor Nick Cady. Uh, he hosts a show on Mondays, Calvary Live, his radio program on Grace FM. And uh, we did a, a podcast for the Expositors Collection uh, series and, and uh, that takes place as they encourage young men who are desiring to teach God's Word all around the country, and so it was a blessing to be with Pastor Nick and to be able to talk with him, and hopefully that'll be encouragement to whoever listens to that uh, podcast. 
Uh, but such a delight to spend time with Pastor Nick. So thanks for having me down, Nick. And uh, he's leaving tomorrow for Israel, along with Paul Bhutan at Calvary Chapel, Brighton. And uh, you guys are going to have a great time, have safe travel. Uh, I know that you're going to come back with just uh, a lot of blessed people as they're taking, I believe, over 50 people on that trip. So, um, you know, what a blessing it is if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, to take a tour of uh, the Holy Lands, and uh, we're going to be doing that in October. Looking forward to that, and it is going to be wonderful. Hey, waiting for the phone lines to ring. 303-690-3000 is the number to call, so give me a call. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Uh, this is the last full day of winter. Tomorrow, spring officially comes in, and so we've made it through another winter. Even though we'll have winter weather, uh, it is spring. The days are getting longer, and as I was thinking about that, uh, I always love this time of year because we're going to be entering into uh, next month is going to be Easter, uh, Resurrection Weekend. That's always a very special time for the church. And uh, that week uh, before Resurrection Weekend is we'll have a number of services. Um, so it it is a time of uh, where we see the change of season. The trees begin to bud out. We see uh, things begin to, to start to become green. There's this new life, and as I was pondering that, and we all enjoy that. We look forward to spring and the end of another winter, that maybe spiritually that you're in a season where perhaps it feels cold or dark, uh, dormant in your heart towards the Lord. And we just want to pray with you. We just want to encourage you in any way that we can. And I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter uh, 43, verse 19, maybe a verse that you've heard before. But I, I thought of this verse today, this afternoon, uh, after I got back from Longmont. And the Lord says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Shall you not know it? And I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know, the, the Lord desires to refresh you and to renew you. He desires to do a new thing. And maybe you're in a season right now where it feels winter, but know this, that the Lord wants to bring life. He wants to breathe new life into you. He, he wants um, your heart to be revived and refreshed in every way. And as you listen to Christian radio and those of you listening on Grace FM and as you read your Bible and you're amongst the brethren, you're going to see that take place. And I hope and pray that that is an encouragement to you. Uh, if you're in a season of winter, the Lord desires to work that spring in you and uh, desires to fill you with his joy, with his peace, and with his comfort. And so give me a call, 303-690-3000. This is really your show for you to be able to call in if you got a prayer request. I know those of you who are listening, some of you, you need prayer. And don't be afraid to call in. Uh, maybe you got a question that uh, you've been wanting to ask, and I'm here to minister to you and to give you clarity and understanding any way that I can here on the show. So we're waiting for the phones to come in uh, as we have that text number 720-336-0897. I'm going to go ahead and start with the text question. And the text question is, what does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Is it just speaking in tongues? And that is a very good question uh, that is um, being asked because uh, oftentimes people will think that uh, praying in the Spirit is just speaking in tongues. I'm going to give some references, some um, 
scripture for you, and then you can look at it more closely. But we do know in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that as Paul's talking about prophecy in tongues, and particularly when it comes to the uh, corporate meeting, that he writes in verse 15 of the chapter, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. So um, here it talks about praying in the Spirit. We know that tongues, one who speaks in a tongue, does not speak to men but to God, the praises of God. So as he talks about praying in the Spirit, um, he connects it with tongues. Uh, Praying in the Spirit, I'll pray with understanding. I'll sing in the Spirit. I will also sing with the understanding. Um, And um, so we can look at that, and, and we can say, that praying in the Spirit is not just connected with tongues, but also as we look at uh, Ephesians chapter 6 is a verse that comes to mind. And in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, Paul is talking, of course, putting on the whole armor of God. And in that chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So praying uh, always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So it's just giving our supplications to the Lord, being sensitive to the Lord as we pray, uh, because prayer isn't just giving us uh, a a list of, you know, uh, like treating God like he's a slot machine, and here's our prayer uh, that we slip into the slot machine and out comes whatever we want, but it's desiring to be in line with his will. But I think also what I like is in Romans chapter 8, when we read in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know how, um, what we should pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be understood. And that brings comfort to us, knowing that the Holy Spirit is there to intercede, to help us with our groanings at times, we don't know what the will of God is. Uh, sometimes we're, we're hurting, and groanings inexpressible is literally what it says um, to help us to make intercession for us. So that's what it means, um, and uh, and to be able to pray uh, in the Spirit. So hopefully that helps out. But we do got a phone call. So again, let me give you that number, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Grab one of those lines. Let's go to... Uh, Karen, who's actually calling from Hawaii. Karen? Yes, hi. Are you calling from Hawaii? I am. I'm calling from Oahu, Hawaii. Wonderful. You're my, you know, I've been, I'm sorry, go ahead. I've been doing Calvary Live for four years now. I've never gotten a call from Hawaii. So thank you for Ah. calling. Wow, I'm the first. That's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I bet. It, I, a, I bet it is beautiful. Oh, it's it's absolutely. I'm in a little town called Waimanalo. It's a hidden treasure. It's beautiful here. Um, oh, great. But I was just. Um, I find myself a little frustrated with the a teaching. Um, I believe it's from Calvinism about predestination. About um, kind of. To me, it seems that the belief is that God pick and chose beforehand who would be predestined to, you know, be with Him for eternity. And when I read the scripture, 
that says those he foreknew, um, I pay attention to that, those he foreknew, he also predestined. And to me, in my understanding, is that God knows the beginning from the end, right? He, he knows the right. end. And therefore, he foreknew who would come to be with him, who would choose him. And because to me, the, the belief that we were pre-picked and chosen, um, where he chose some and didn't pick others, is a kind of a hopeless belief, in my, in my opinion, um, because then people might think they weren't chosen. And yet that would contradict, to me, Scripture that says, you know, Jesus died for the whole world, and it's his will that all would come and none would perish. So to me, to believe that we were, you know, picked and chosen beforehand without the understanding that what that means to me is he foreknew who would come to him, and then, therefore, he predestined them. So I, I, why would that not be looked at that way in a Calvinistic? I, I believe that's the religion that believes that, right. uh, or, or, or denomination, um, in a Calvinistic approach. Why would they not look at it that way? Like, he foreknew who would come to him, therefore he predestined right. them. <laughs> well, I think you answered pretty well. Um, because it is confusing to people, is the Bible does teach us that the Lord chooses. When it comes to the doctrine of Calvinism, usually there's five points that they um, hold on to. That's the basis or the foundation of their theology. One is t- total depravity, which is correct. Um, that, you know, as the result of Adam's uh, sin, the whole entire human race has been affected by that, so that's true. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but where Calvinism begins to, um, where it can be, where it's questionable to me, is first of all, um, double election, where God, he chooses, and the Bible does talk about that. You just quoted from Romans chapter 8, didn't you? And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts to, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among uh, many brethren. Whomever mm-hmm. he predestined, these he called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. So the thought is, if he elected some to to salvation, that he's elected others for damnation. And I don't believe that the Bible teaches that, uh, because we know that Peter comes along and he says, that is God's will that none should perish, but all come to repentance. Yes. And you hit you hit something very important. You said something that we need to understand when it comes to the sovereignty of God, when it comes to predestination, election, uh, choosing us, that God has foreknowledge. Now, do yes. you have foreknowledge? No, I don't have no. foreknowledge. He knows, as you quoted from Isaiah, the end from the beginning— so he right. knows who are going to be his. So God works sovereignly. He does choose. He goes into chapter 9 of Romans, and he starts talking about his countrymen, the Jews. He starts talking about how they were chosen of God, and uh, that the covenant would go through Abraham, and that the covenant would continue through Isaac, not Ishmael, and then mm-hmm. that the covenant would continue through Jacob, not Esau. So people have a hard time with that. They say, well, you know, God says that Jacob I have loved and Esau I have hated. Well, you mean God hated Esau. It isn't in that same way as, you know, we think of hate. Um, right. I hate your guts. It's he accepted Jacob, 
He rejected Esau. We know Esau was a carnal individual. So God works sovereignly, but not just arbitrarily. He has the right to choose, to choose for his purposes. He talks about Pharaoh. But also, what I like about it is, Karen, go into chapter 10 of Romans, and he starts talking about Israel's present condition. And um, that is, he begins to say, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be put to shame, and whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Again, quoting from Isaiah. And I like that, because he balances it out. Chapter 9, God works sovereignly. He, He chooses. Chapter 10, though, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That means anyone. That's an invitation. And I like that because we're we're all included in whosoever. So the bottom line is the Bible teaches both. I think when they talk about limited atonement, uh, the five points of Calvinism, that God only uh, died for the elect, that we know that John dismisses that, doesn't he, in his epistle— He says that he was propitiation for us, and not only us, but for the whole world there in chapter 1. And so it doesn't mean a universal salvation, but he died for the sins of the world. So he works sovereignly. We also are given an invitation to choose. I don't fully understand it. I don't know why God chose me. I just rejoice in it. And we can't fully wrap our heads around it because he's an infinite God, we have finite minds, um, but the Bible teaches both. And um, so, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, also irresistible grace and all of this, um, you know, God draws us to himself. We can't come to him unless the Holy Spirit draws us to him. But, you know, there's some right. thought among hyper-Calvinists that, well, you know, even if you don't want to come to the Lord, if you're called, you're going to come to the Lord. And so they start getting out of the boundaries, I believe, of Scripture. And here's the thing. I think it was J.B. Phillips that said, if our God was, you know, s- small enough to figure out, he wouldn't be big enough to worship. So yeah, he doesn't. He, he, has, he has foreknowledge, and he's an infinite, wonderful, incredible God. And uh, sometimes hyper-Calvinists say, well, we shouldn't even witness. And we know that we're yeah, to go yeah, out and yeah. witness. See, that's one thing that I was bothered by, and I don't remember if it was this program I was listening to or another one where, you know, a young lady is calling about her, two of her children living with a father who's an atheist or a non-believer or what have you, and having this Calvinistic uh, belief system about being predestined and not knowing whether or not she should continue to pray for them, and, you know, if God pre-chose and maybe they're not chosen, and I was, my heart was just breaking, because how many, you know, the Bible is to be studied and taken, you know, as a whole piece, not just parts. And, you know, God tells us how many times, pray for each other, pray for others, you know, pray for our enemies even, you know. And so there's an importance placed on that, and and for us to be witnesses, and not just to live a good life, but to tell others, and, you know, um, and to pray for them. And so... That's, you know, I was just, I guess because I heard this young lady, you know, it just broke my heart and it began to aggravate me because she, how can you sit there, you know, because God says if we pray His will in His name, believing that we will have it. And I know we can't, you know, just put that to everything, but I believe the Bible tells us it is the will 
of the Lord that all would be saved and not one would perish. So when people come into my life, I have great faith in my prayers for their salvation. Right. Um, right. Because they're, you know, because I'm his child. He told me to pray for them. I know it's his will. <laughs> and right. so, yeah. you know. And I think you've so, got a good understanding, Karen. Yeah, you got a good understanding. Just stay in the scriptures and, the, you know, the bottom line, rejoice that he chose us. And I'm so yes. thankful that. You know, he drew us to himself, and we do have a choice. So, hey, thanks for yes. calling from Hawaii. Keep in touch Thank with us, all right? Much. All right, Karen, Thank blessings. You. Okay, God bless. All right, 303-690-3000. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Greeley in northern Colorado. Let's go to Dwight in Aurora. Dwight? Dwight, are you there? Dwight, I'll help you there because you asked uh, on a teleprompt. There was a very good question that you're asking, and um, and that is: Is the United States in the Bible? These guys will let me know if you dropped or not. But I'm going to go ahead and answer that, uh, Dwight. Um, so I know you you were waiting a little bit, but Dwight, if you're listening, um, I'm going to go ahead and answer that because I think it's a very important question. I get asked that oftentimes on Wednesday nights. We're going through the book of Revelation, and uh, we're going to finish up the seventh letter to the seventh church in chapter three, the book of Revelation. And then when we go into chapter four, from chapter four to the end of the book of Revelation, it's all future. Chapter six through 18 talks about the events that will take place in the tribulation period, that final seven year period. Uh, where uh, God is pouring out his wrath on a Christ-rejected world. Um, And then chapter 19 is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Chapter 20 is the millennium reign of Jesus Christ. And then chapters 21 and 22, the new heaven and the new earth. And so is the United States mentioned in the Bible in in times, um, you know, particularly? um, No, we don't see the United States mentioned in the Bible um, we uh, know that Israel's mentioned as the epicenter of end-time prophecy. We know that um, it seems Russia is mentioned. Uh, Iran is mentioned uh, in Ezekiel's prophecies. Uh, Turkey is mentioned. Kings of the East are mentioned, but the United States isn't. And so I did a message last year in a prophecy update, a uh, two-part message, on Ezekiel 38, and the second message that I did was entitled, A Nation Not Mentioned. And we may be mentioned in a very brief way in Ezekiel 38 as uh, supporting the Dan in a protest against this invasion against Israel, but we, we can't be dogmatic about it. It does concern me that the United States is not mentioned in the Bible when it comes to end-time prophecy. So what does that mean? Um, there's a couple thoughts on that. So, hey, Dwight, give me a call, you know, and uh, talk more about it more specifically. Maybe somebody else wants to follow up with that, uh, but uh, we don't see the United States mentioned uh, really at all in end-time prophecy. So what does that mean? It means we need to be praying. And um, so I don't know. So it, it's an interesting thing to consider. Uh, so give me a call. Maybe you got a question on that. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. So let's have a conversation um, about the coming of the Lord, 
or any other question that you might have. But in the meantime, we're going to go to Christy in Baltimore. Christy? Hi. Yay. <laughs> How um, are you? I'm, I'm fine. Um, Thanks I'm for waiting. Me. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Um, I have a friend who I met. We did some dancing together years ago, and we had an opportunity to get close, um, intimate kind of relationship. I mean, where we really were feeling close to each other. Um, and, but then, of course, 10 other things, 10,000 other things happened. Uh, but I also, in my interactions with her as we continued, I saw her change. She got a boyfriend. It, it just really is very disturbing. She got a boyfriend who believes that we're going to, that humankind, humankind is going to turn into machines. Um, she um, has images of people killing her killing people in her head. Uh, these are things that she talks about that, like, plague her. She's also a really nice person, you know, with all these things that are clearly something very wrong. And it, and the dancing that we did was, uh, it was, we were goddesses in a garden, and when someone would touch us, we would come alive. And I had a discussion with her where she had said that she actually um, believed, because she created the dance, that she could actually be a reincarnation of a goddess. So, I mean, there's tons of things wrong here. So I found out that she was getting married. She invited me. Um, she's lost a lot of people for her political beliefs, a lot of friends. And I discovered that nobody's doing anything for her to celebrate or anything. And also, I will say, in her relationship, there's been a lot of infidelity while she's been with this guy. So there's so much about it that I just know that this wedding is not good. And I don't want to, I don't know what to do because this she is does you respect do. me. And I think I have some, some ability, yeah. but, I, but I also know I think I'm dealing with potentially some demons. So, and I'm yeah. not ready to do that. So I, well, I don't know what to do. This, this is what you do, Christy, and you don't know what you're dealing with. Obviously, somebody um, who is um, not living um, after the ways of the Lord, uh, reincarnation um, is something that she seems to, as you mentioned, is dabbling with. Reincarnation, of course, is not biblical at all. Um, reincarnation is awful. Yeah, it's awful to, to believe reincarnation because... I mean, who would want to come back here in the first place? Um, I would. I right. wouldn't, would not want to come back here. Would you want to come back here? I mean, who wants to go yeah. through junior high again? But um, yeah. But the thing, I'd also thing like, is, yeah. I just, I'm sorry. I just we, want to reiterate only, quickly that she. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I, I okay. just want to say that she believes she was used to be a goddess. Yeah. So, well, that's usually what happens in reincarnation. There's somebody famous or a goddess or somebody. This is what you do. If you have a relationship with you, you may be the only light to her. To get some coffee, sit down, and talk with her, and just give her truth, and just share with her. Say, you know, I love you. I care about you. And I want to share with you what the Bible has to say. Share with her Jesus. And that's what you can do. And just say, I'm going to pray for you, and um, I'm going to continue to do that. I want to be honest with you but to try to keep that dialogue because you're probably the only Christian that she has in her life. And so you have opportunity, if you were close to her, to just say, hey, 
you know, I want to share some things with you. I do have some concerns, but you know, all these things, um, will deceive you. They are deceiving you. And I want to give you the truth. I want to give you Jesus. And I want to tell you what he means to me and what he did for me. And he did it for you as well. Give her Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay. So, hey, okay. Christy, we're, we're getting ready to go to a break. I'm going to pray with you. What, and then we're what do I do hear about the, the wedding? That's the big thing. I don't know whether to go to the wedding or not. Well, usually you go to a wedding, you know, to show support and, you know, to say, yes, we support this union. And if you can't do it, then maybe the Lord's telling you something. Okay? Okay. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Christy, we're going to a break, uh, but we'll be praying. And for all of you out there, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I'm Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. You just heard those numbers given that uh, you can call and be on the air. And we have all open lines. So grab one of those open lines and you can ask a question about the Bible or Christian living or what's our worldview as Christians concerning different things and current events that we see around us or the trend of culture. Uh, maybe uh, you uh, need prayer. We're here to pray with you and encourage you. So 303-690-3000. Maybe you've been wanting to call. This is the time to do it. Text line 720336 0897. I was talking with Christy. Christy, I don't know if you're still listening um, online, or uh, but you called in. Christy, be a light to your friend. And I just want to encourage everybody that as we're out in the world and the people that are linked to us, friends, uh, family members, neighbors, schoolmates, uh, co-workers, whoever it might be, that you have a mission field. And you may be the only light, the only gospel that they get to see. So pray about how the opportunities you might have to share with them and to give them truth and to be a light to them. And the Lord has you in that place uh, for such a time as this, all of us. Uh, When we leave the church building here, we all go out into our mission field and share with them. And one of the things I want to encourage you in is we are about about four weeks away uh, from uh, Easter week. And um, during Easter, during uh, that week, we have a number of services Wednesday night. Uh, We do a special teaching on the last night of Jesus. Uh, Usually take a portion of Scripture from the Upper Room Discourse. Then we have a Good Friday service. That'll be on the 19th of April at noon. Then we have four uh, weekend services on Resurrection Weekend, but pray about who you might ask to go to, you know, services that week. More people are open to go than at any other time, and now's the time to start praying because we're about a month away from that, and it'll be here before we know it. And, and think about: I want to ask these people at work. Uh, I want to ask, you know, this family down the street or next door to us or some family members, and really pray about asking them to those Resurrection Weekend services, Good Friday service, uh, whatever services are taking place, that they might hear the gospel, 
that they might hear how Jesus Christ died for their sins and he rose again from the grave and he's alive. And we have a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I think it's so important that we do that. And we do a lot of radio outreach. Uh, We have media and social media that we use. We're going to use that. But I'll tell you what, there's such a special place for us as Christians to personally, don't let those things be the only things that is reaching people. But you personally say, hey, I'd love to see you uh, for Easter services, resurrection services, or Good Friday service. Maybe your church has a noon service. Let's go at lunch, and and um, and I know that you'll be blessed. But let's reach out to others. Let's pray about who we might uh, invite. We don't want to have the attitude of, oh, those people that only come on you know, Easter and Christmas. Hey, let them come. You don't know if the Lord will touch them and minister to them. So be sensitive to that, to the leading of the Lord. Be praying right now, Lord, who is it that I can invite to those special services? Well, 303-690-3000, we have an open line, but let's go to line one to Leslie in Philadelphia. Leslie? Leslie, are you there? Leslie? Leslie, you want a a prayer? So please give me a call back if you can. Um, give me a call here, and we'd be happy to pray with you. I think maybe she must have dropped. Um, so let's let's go in the meantime. Let's go to Brandon in Sterling. Brandon? Uh, hey, thank you. Um, How are I you? I had a qu- question about um, being unequally yoked with uh, marriage. Uh, I understand, like, uh, the importance of it, and the covenant between that person and God. And people have always said to me that the being unyoked equally um, is really just between a believer and a non-believer. But do you think it goes first, and it could be somebody who, even though they're a believer, but they haven't completely given their life to the Lord, would that be considered unequally yoked also? Well, yeah, and as we look at Second Corinthians chapter 6, the main context of that is Paul's talking about between a believer and an unbeliever, because um, he gives that uh, indication there. Let me uh, read it to you um, as he says um, that uh, don't be unequally yoked, and I'm just trying to find it top of my head, but he goes on, what does light have fellowship with darkness? So he is talking about um, that, yes, don't be unequally yoked, verse 14, together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? What does communion have light with darkness? So that's the main context. Um, a couple thoughts here, because um, Brandon, I don't want anybody to think, okay, I'm in a marriage, and I'm unequally yoked, so that, that means it's a biblical reason to you know divorce my spouse. It's not. Because Paul comes back in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and says, you keep your marriage vow. Uh, the Corinthians were asking that because they were coming out of paganism. You know, what about my spouse that's not a believer? Paul says, listen, you keep those marriage vows because um, you made a commitment, uh, you are married. And he goes on and he says that you don't know, you know, you, you sanctify your spouse and you have opportunity to be a witness to them, to bring them to the Lord. 
But you are asking something also, Brandon, very interesting, that uh, to be unequally yoked, I think there's a secondary meaning in that, is that you can be a very mature Christian, dedicated to the Lord, desiring to serve the Lord, and you can be dating somebody or you're looking at marrying somebody who's very immature. Um, For example, uh, uh, a young lady that is very mature in the Lord that is looking at perhaps marrying uh, a young man that is very young in the Lord, and is he going to be the leader? Is he serious about leading that marriage? Is he going to be serious about, uh, you know, uh, being the leader of the home and being head of the wife and taking on the responsibilities and roles that God has given to him. Is he going to be one that's going to be a covering for his family? Is he going to get his family up and take him to church? So those are all considerations as well. And um, I think it's going to the Lord and seeking the Lord and praying and maybe waiting, waiting till that individual grows a little bit and, and um, you know, matures a little bit. So those are all considerations. Right. Okay, well, thank you very much. Yeah, that was my question. Um, uh, I thought it was more than just a believer and non-believer. Um, I kind of yeah. pictured it as an adult Christian and baby Christian type thing also. Yeah, it, it can be. And I think that, um, you know, that's something to consider. Uh, you know, when a couple comes in, Brandon, and asks me about marriage, um, you know, they want to get married, I'll usually poke at them a little bit and see where they're at spiritually. And the reason is, is because I want to see where they're at. And uh, I want to see if they've been praying together. I want to see if they, you know, really sought the Lord for this is God's will together. And um, if they need time to do that and to grow into that, um, that's something to to really consider. And um, so the main context is, yes, uh, between a believer don't be unequally yoked together with unbeliever. And uh, what does communion have with light and darkness? But I think that you can uh, really take it. A secondary application is that, you know, I, I want somebody who is spiritually mature, uh, somebody that um, that takes on the responsibilities of the roles that God has given to them and uh, to be able for them to be able to grow in that. Right. Well, thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for calling from Sterling. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Uh-huh. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We have another Brandon from Cheyenne. Brandon? Yes, how you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. It's It's been a, a bit of a day. <laughs> so, That's but it. Okay. God's still on the throne. He is, and I'm glad you called. Yeah, so um, the reason I was calling, I was just looking for uh, a little bit of prayer and maybe even some direction. Um, For a while now, I feel like I've been pretty stagnant in my faith. Um, I pray and I read the Bible and all that stuff, and I get good at it, and then something comes in, and it's just kind of an ebb and flow a little bit, and I just feel like... I really want to go deeper in my relationship with God and my relationship with my wife. And there's a song that always comes to mind uh, lately when I think about it. The first line is, I want to go deeper, but I don't know how to swim. And um, I'm I'm involved in worship, so music is kind of a big thing for me. But uh, 
I just, I'm just really looking for a little bit of, uh, definitely some prayer and then some direction, just kind of, <clears throat> I don't know, just a re-motivation or something, something to re-inspire me, um, you know, something to push me deeper into my faith or whatever. And I know part of that is obedience, but there's, right. there's a lot that I know that God can step in and do. And I just don't want the ugly sins and habits of the past to, you know, creep their ugly faces in and all that. And so I just, I'm looking for uh, just something to, I don't know. I don't even know what yeah. I'm looking for in all honesty. I'm just, I'm just, I've just been struggling lately. And so I could definitely use yeah. some prayer. Yeah, and Brandon, we're going to pray with you, but I want—I do want to, you know, just encourage you because that's the work that God wants to do in you. He He wants to do that work in you, and um, He wants to to grow you, to draw Him to Himself, um, for you to grow in the love and knowledge of Jesus Christ. That should be the desire of every Christian. And there's certain things for you to do, but I, I want to read to you from Romans chapter twelve that Paul, after he talks about the gospel and how we need the gospel, he, he talks about how Jesus' death on the cross has provided salvation as we come to faith in him, um, that we are sanctified, set apart for him. Then he talks about his countrymen, you know, uh, the Jews in chapters 9, 10, and 11. And then in chapter 12, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So after this wonderful theology concerning the gospel, chapters 1 through 11, all of a sudden Paul, he turns and he says, I beseech you, therefore, this is what you're to do. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice to live for him which is your reasonable service because of his great mercies, uh, because of what he has done for you and provided for you. And what is interesting is that's a pattern that we see with Paul, even in Ephesians. He takes us to the heavenlies, the heavenly blessings that are ours in Christ, chapters 1, 2, and 3. And then in chapter 4, he says, okay, uh, he, he begins to tell us what it is that we are to do. Um, in Ephesians chapter 4. And he would write to them, he says, Therefore, um, the prisoner of the Lord, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. So here's the thing. Paul makes sure that we understand the blessings that we have in Christ, our position in Christ, what he has done for us, his incredible love for us. And then he says, this is how you are to live for him. So, Brandon, I want to encourage you, you keep reading your scriptures every day. You have devotions. You renew your mind, just as Paul would write in Romans chapter 12. Uh, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul talks a whole lot about renewing your mind, having the mind of Christ. You take and you, you know, take the Word of God and place it in your mind. Meditate on those things which are good and noble and praiseworthy. You be in the Word, you meditate on the Word, you have a devotion every day when you start your day, and just go to Him, and you're going to see the Lord really beginning to work in you. Um, And I don't know if you do that, but that's one of the things that I encourage my congregation constantly. I think that Christians have a hard time 
having devotion every single day and um, to go to the Lord, spend some time with him. And, you know, we I got plenty of people here. They have to go to work early. And I tell mm-hmm. them, I know you have to get up early, but just get up a little bit earlier and really spend some time with the Lord. Because think about it, Brandon. We have the world that bombards us all day long, right? Right. And you come home and you feel the dust and the dirt of the world all over you. Um, and what you hear and what you see and the conversations around you and all these different things. And it begins to pull on us and weigh on us. And we need to come home and wash ourselves with the water of the word and go to the Lord and how we spend our time um, and spend time in the word. You know, honestly, I think that most Christians, and this isn't just, you know, being critical and judgmental, it's an honest evaluation. More Christians spend time on social media than they do in the Word of God. And then yeah, I'm definitely guilty about that. You know, where are you going to spend your time and your resources? Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't spend any time on social media, but if you're listening to cable, you know, news network, the talking heads 24-7, you're on social media for hour after hour, you know, just try, try this, Brandon, for one week. Because what we're going to do is we're going to have a week of prayer and fasting here in the first week of April. And it's not just fasting for food, and it can be that, but I encourage people, why don't you fast for one week from social media? If that's something you can do, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. And instead of, you know, being on Facebook, on Instagram, or whatever else is out there, hour after hour, say, I'm going to put those things aside. I'm going to put TV aside. I'm going to put those things, and I'm just going to spend some time with the Lord and listen to some praise music. And you're going to see that the Lord is going to really begin. Your mind begins to be renewed and refreshed, and you're washing yourself with the water of the Word, and that's going to help out a lot. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up Romans 12, 1 and 2, because I just got done doing a study. Um, um, it's the Version Bible app on the renewing of the mind and all that, and so it's just, I'm, I'm definitely sure that God is continuously still calling me to that, because um, I've noticed some, you know, some some habits of the past trying to creep their he- ugly heads back up, yeah. and and I don't want to fall into that. One of my biggest issues is the fact that, like, I read God's Word, and <clears throat> and maybe I'm just not reading it enough consistently, but I just, there's times where I read it, and it just, it doesn't do anything for me. And that's a struggle for Keep me, reading. because I know the Word of God is, it's, the Bible is the inspired yeah. Word of God. It's, it's God speaking to you directly, and there's times yeah. where... I don't know if it's sometimes it's a mental block or whatever, or just something that prevents me from being able to ingest it the way that I need to, um, so that I can renew my mind. But there's, like I said, maybe it's Keep a reading. consistency that I need, and yeah, or something like that. But it's it, it's it's a struggle. It's been a struggle for a long time, and I know as a Christian, I need to be bearing my face in the Word of God. Um, yeah, but I and, mean, and you I'm, know what I'm you'll sure find, Brandon. What you're going to find, Brandon, is as you are studying the Word of God, it's just going to start making sense. It's going to come together. Keep listening to Grace FM up there in Cheyenne. Keep keep in the Word. Because what happens is sometimes we read and we think, what is that all about? Make sure you're in a good you know, Bible-believing church that's teaching the Bible. All those things are going to help you. Give it time. 
It, it takes time to do that because sometimes people think, oh, man, I, I read some chapters and I didn't really get anything out of it. It's going to feed your spirit. It's going to start making sense. It's going to all start coming together and and keep doing it, and you'll find your mind being renewed in the things of the Lord. So let me pray with you, Brandon. Yeah. Father, I thank you for Brandon and calling just the honesty of his heart. He desires to draw close, and you're going to honor that. So as he's in the Word of God, as he's listening to praise music, as he's listening to Grace FM, as he's serving in his church, as he's taken in, Lord, may there be a consistency that's there, because the Spirit wars with the flesh, and the flesh with the Spirit, Paul says. But we know that as we walk in the Spirit, and we don't want to be carnally minded, we want to be spiritually minded, even as we are told that's life and peace. So work that in, Brandon. Renew him, his mind, um, that he's not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of his mind, that he may know what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Bless him, be with him, grow him, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Brandon. I appreciate Keep, yes, thank you, Pastor. Thank you. You bet. Keep in touch, all right? Absolutely, I will. Thank you. God bless you. Uh-huh. All right, 303-690-3000. we got a little bit of time left. Let's go to Sierra and Centennial. Sierra? Sierra? Are you there? Did you drop? Sierra, if you're listening... You um, had another question about unequally yoked in marriage. We talked a little bit about it with Brandon from Sterling. So um, hopefully maybe that helped you and was an encouragement to you. And um, But um, love to talk to you, encourage you in any way that, you, that we can. Um, I want to go to text messaging as we're waiting maybe perhaps for another call to come in um, that... Uh, somebody's asking, and maybe this is a prayer for some of you that are out there. Uh, please pray for my attitude at work. I've been very frustrated um, and angry towards people I work with, knowing that that's not right, uh, being a Christian. And uh, the reason that I, I want to take this prayer request is because I think that perhaps a lot of you out there, maybe you're on your way home from work, that work can be very frustrating. And especially as a Christian out there in the world, we can find ourselves um, in a very difficult atmosphere, getting angry, getting angry at the work situation. And we are told, and and for any of you that are kind of going through that, uh, I want to give you some scripture. And um, that Paul, as he's writing, uh, for example, in the, in, uh, the prison epistles, as he's writing in Ephesians, Ephesians uh, chapter 5, he says that uh, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. He says that be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. We know that he writes something similar. In Colossians, he says that you're to put off anger. Um, he He's talking about the new man. And he says that uh, make sure that you put off all those things, um, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. And then he says, therefore, what you are to put on is uh, tender mercies and 
kindness and humility and meekness and long-suffering. That's the work that only God can do. And you see, when we get angry uh, going to work day after day, it does not bring about God's righteousness. And maybe you have a reason to be angry. Maybe you have a reason to be angry at a coworker. But we are, you know, it says be angry, but don't sin. Don't take it to the place where it becomes malice. You know, malice is where you're just thinking about it all the time, and and um, you know you're about ready to explode. You you stew about it. You go home. You're talking to your spouse about it at the dinner table. She this boss that all these things. You need to give it to the Lord. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, and don't give place to the devil. So I want to pray with you that those of you who perhaps that, you know, I'm sure that there are some listening that you're going, yeah, I need that prayer, and I want to pray with you because I know it can be hard, it can be difficult, because I talk to people all the time that struggle with that. Work is hard, the people there are hard, and when we're out in the world, it can be hard, and this may be applicable not only to work, but at school, it may be applicable to those who are linked to us in our lives that we're dealing with uh, to one uh, form or another. So, Father, I do pray for those who really struggle with um, anger. This one particularly who has uh, texted in and says that my attitude at work is not pleasing. Um, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And I know it doesn't bring the righteousness of God. I'm not supposed to have those kinds of attitudes as a Christian. And, Lord, I just pray you be with this one who uh, specifically asks for help and Lord, that you would just um, just bring peace into their to their minds and to their hearts, and um, help them to put on uh, tender mercies and kindness and uh, self control. All those things that are a work of the spirit. And I pray for others that may be struggling uh, with that as well. I pray that you would be with them and that you would guide them, because it can be hard being out in the world, um, and we are in the world. Uh, that we give it all to you, Lord. Uh, help us with um, having the attitudes uh, that are right. And Lord, even as your word says, we're not to let any corrupt word proceed out of our mouths, but what is good for necessary edification, that we may impart grace to the he- hearers. Um, so help us in that. Um, and we know that it's a work that you have to do in our hearts. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hey, so don't have any callers on. I do want to, while we got a few minutes left, that here on Wednesday night, uh, we are in the book of Revelation. We've been looking at those seven letters to the seven churches. We're going to be looking at the seventh letter uh, to the church of the, the Laodiceans. They were the lukewarm church, and it's such a powerful, powerful study because it's so applicable. It, it applies to us personally, it applies to us as a church. And I think about if Jesus was to write me a letter, if Jesus was to write Calvary Chapel Greeley a letter, what would he say? What are the things that are pleasing uh, that he would come in? What are the things that uh, he would say that you need to repent of and turn away from? That's what he does in these letters. And that's why we've been taking our time going through these letters, one church uh, every week uh, from the Church of Ephesus, uh, the loveless church, they were working, they stood on truth, but they had left their first love. 
Uh, we know that the Church of Smyrna was the persecuted church, and then the Church of Pergamos was the compromising church, and the Church of Pergamos was the corrupt church. The Church of Sardis was the dead church. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. And then the Church of Philadelphia that we looked at last time was the faithful church, and we learned so much, and we're going to learn about lukewarmness uh, even as we go through the Church of Laodicea. And then on Wednesday nights, we're going to go into the third part of the book of Revelation. John, write the things which you have seen, that's chapter 1. Write the things that are, that's chapters 2 and 3. And write the things that must take place after this, and that is chapters 4 through 22. It's all future. And we're going to talk about heaven. We're going to talk about uh, the tribulation period, the Antichrist. We're going to talk about the 144,000. The book of Revelation is meant to be studied. The two witnesses, the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, We're going to look at uh, the seal judgments, uh, the bowl judgments, the trumpets being blown that brings judgment. We're going to talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ, the millennium reign. So the book of Revelation is meant to be understood for the most part, and it is a book that is meant to be studied. So come out and join us on Wednesday night, 7 o'clock here, Calvary Chapel Greeley. For those of you in northern Colorado, love to see you. Love for you to be able to come join us. we got a place for all the kids, and uh, that includes nursery, children's ministry, and youth. Check us out at CalvaryChapelGreeley.com. Hey, thank you, everybody, for being a part of the show, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.